How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is the third time we're coming to y'all this week. It is July 21st, 2022. I am joined once again by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, people know it's time for football. Say what's up. Oh, I'm happy because uh, the first one was the NFL, and you know me, I'm a I love call. I love the NFL, but I, I love talking college football. So, ready to kind of kick off the uh, our first college football podcast of the 2022-2023 season. Yeah, it is our first. I mean, this is pretty much the first time we've really talked college football at all, except for talking, you know, just like coaches moving around in the national championship game. So, first time, guys, we get to get into it with some CFB, and we're going to start things off this year for y'all in the Big Twelve. We're going to give y'all a preview of the conference, or tell you who think who we think is winning the conference and why and our conference player of the year. Um, this conference only has this year and next year left because of 2024, right? Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC. Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah, so it's, they only got two years left, guys. Texas is supposed to be back this year. They're projected right now as the favorites to win the Big 12 conference, so why don't we go ahead and start things off there? The uh, Texas Longhorns somehow find themselves coming off a, a five and seven season where they don't make the make a bowl. First season is Steve Sar- Sarkeesian being the head coach. Then he returned Bijan Robinson, who's the preseason All American to uh, or who's the preseason Conference Player of the Year. They also bring in Quinn Ewers, a transfer five star from Ohio State. Ben, you want to tell us how you feel about Ohio State this upcoming season? I mean, about uh, Texas this upcoming season. Yeah, um, they're probably top five. They might be number one, the most interesting team in college football this season. Um, Their strength in offensive playmakers pretty much rivals. You could put them up with with most colleges uh, in in terms of offensive playmakers with anyone in the country. They have some big names. Bijan Robinson, top running back in college football, top three if you don't want to put him at number one. Xavier Worthy, who's – unbelievable asset as a true freshman at wide receiver. Um, another wide receiver, Isaiah Nayer. And then obviously Quinn Ewers is a newcomer. Um, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, transfer names that we saw out of the, the large pool of transfer portals this year. Mm-hmm. Texas is just like, like biggest question, right? Is can they protect Quinn? Can they get a stop on defense? Uh, they didn't protect their quarterbacks. They haven't protected their quarterbacks in the past couple of years very well. And they haven't been able to get a stop on defense the last couple of years. And, like, do you remember how much fun it was to watch the Red River uh, rivalry uh, last year? Like, Oklahoma Texas couldn't get a stop. Like, it was so much fun to watch. But in order for Texas to win this conference, in order for Texas to be a college football playoff contender, in order for Texas to, uh, you know, obviously reach what they want to reach, they're going to have to play some defense and it's, it better improve a lot more than last year. Last year, they weren't great at tackling. They gave up a lot of big plays, but this offense can score and can score a lot of points on a lot of different defenses this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. This team can definitely score a lot of points. Um, a good thing is that, like you said, the defense was bad last year. They still have DeMarvin uh, Overshone coming back. He's their leading tackler from last year, a linebacker. So that is a good thing. And, look, I think it's pretty hard for this defensive unit to be much worse than they were last year. Um, Returning-wise, they have 74% of their defense coming back, 62% of their offense is coming back. So all those are good signs pointing in the up air for Texas. Look, I think the key here, Ben, is they're not beating Alabama straight up. It's not happening. 
happening. Like, it's it's just simply not happening, guys. They're not beating Alabama. They can't let that loss, though, derail the rest of their season and the way it goes. The Big 12, we I don't know if we talked about it on yet on here or not. The Big 12 is going to be a very even conference. Like, this entire conference, I think, is pretty even. Look, Texas's win total is set at nine wins. It's either nine or nine and a half. I don't think they're winning the conference. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. I think that they need to make baby steps at Sark. I think eight wins would be solid. I mean, they do have Bijan Robinson. They're definitely going to lose to Alabama. It's a good thing that won't count in conference. I just don't see them being able to win every single game inside the conference. They do get Baylor at home, which is good. Obviously, the Red River shootout, rivalry, whatever you want to call it, is played in a neutral state, so that does help them a lot. Um, I definitely think, though, that Sark has this program moving in the right direction, but, you know, rebuilds, it usually doesn't take one year. They do have a lot of, you know, good, like, recruits and stuff, obviously, these recruiting classes, and with them spending all the big bucks in the NIL, which is a whole other topic for another day, but... I think this Texas team is going to be much better than the team we saw last year. But I also do think there's going to be some growing pains, you know, like at the end of the day, when you're a quarterback like Quinn Ewers, you sat your ass on the bench all season last year. He wasn't doing anything. He basically hasn't played a real football game in two years, you know, against um, Alabama. That's going to be his first like real test. He's definitely not going to play well in that game. I think there will be some growing pains for him here. Cause I mean, he's basically a freshman again, you know? Yeah. But you know, with the roster turnover that you were talking about with Texas, it's actually a, good thing for them. Like, yeah. do you remember it was an old, it was an old Alabama coach, Bo Davis, but do you remember when they were on the bus and he was talking about like what kind of players they want at Texas, yeah. basically calling them all soft. Like they made a point that if you're not playing up to the standards that were like, they're going to coach these boys hard mm-hmm. uh, at, at Texas. If you're not up for it, they want you out of the program. So, um, you know, the roster with everyone coming back, but the roster turnover, it's going to be a good thing for Texas. I think they're kind of weeding out the weak links that they thought they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine a lot of those weak links were on defense because their defense looked mighty soft last year. Yeah, it was bad. And after they lost that game, that game uh, against Oklahoma with the Red River rivalry, they couldn't buy a win after that. They even lost to Kansas last year. So, I mean, got to do better than that. Where, um, do, you, where do you have, uh, I don't know if we're going over it at the end, but where do you have Texas finishing? In the conference? Um, yeah. I got them finishing third in the conference. What about you? Yep. Same third. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So we're on the same page there. Um, next team up here, we'll go with the team who typically wins, but did not win the conference last year. That would be none other than the Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma has completely cleaned house since they were last year. Um, you saw, we saw, um, starting quarterback, Caleb Williams leave. Not only to mention, we saw head, their head coach, um, Lincoln Riley head out to USC as well. So it's going to be a completely different look. Instead, on the flip side of things, they bring in our former Clemson head coach or former Clemson defensive coordinator now will be the head coach here for them. So that is a good sign as the Venables, you know, guys loves to coach up some defense. And this Oklahoma defense is pretty good. They had a lot of turnovers that they forced last year as well. Ben, how do you feel about Oklahoma and this new regime here? As it also, Dylan Gabriel is transferred in to be their starting quarterback from UCF, who's a beast until he broke his collarbone last year. Yeah, so as you just mentioned, Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback, can absolutely sling around a football. Um, and what's interesting is, like, I don't feel – I feel like a lot of people aren't mentioning this. I think they will as uh-huh. uh, the lead-up kind of comes up to college football or maybe when they start playing games. But their new offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, who came from Ole Miss mm-hmm. – him and Gabriel already have a relationship. Jeff Levy was coached at UCF in 2019 okay. uh, as on the offensive staff, so they already know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, you mentioned Venables. Venables was the top assistant, if not one of the top assistants in uh, uh, 
uh, you know, assistant to a head coach of college for yeah. the last five plus years. So uh, to be honest with you, I'm not too worried about like it being his first year. Um, I think the worrisome part is the obvious part. They lost a lot of key playmakers. Obviously some of them followed Lincoln Riley. Some of them uh, just kind of went elsewhere, but Oklahoma is a program that has always had really good depth at receiver and running back. So I, I think the talent is still plentiful at Oklahoma. I really do. Um, all, this would be a theme that with the big teams in this conference, I didn't do it for Texas, but for Oklahoma, uh, some of their tough games, I think at Nebraska, mm-hmm. I think it's uh, it's just a game you can't overlook. It's obviously a huge sellout game. Nebraska sells that every single game. And people think Scott Frost's team will be a little bit better this year. Kansas State is literally the week after Nebraska. Now, both that's a home game. Nebraska's on the road. It's it That almost looks like an SEC schedule where, like, it's physical, tough games back-to-back, and that second one can be rougher. You mentioned Texas, which they played a neutral site. Their last three games are Baylor at home, at West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. Like, that's not the easiest last three games to finish the schedule. Um, I have Oklahoma winning this conference, and the reason is the tiebreaker is going to be that Baylor game. I think Baylor having in Norman is huge to win the regular season title. Um for Oklahoma, um, just because winning that game in Norman is not an easy task for the Baylor Bears. Yeah, I actually see. I agree. I actually don't have Oklahoma winning the conference. Look, I think there's going to be some growing pains here straight up. I mean, at the end of the day, Kennedy Brooks is not back there. You don't have much. They definitely do have good running backs, but they just don't have the experience just yet. And like you said, you know, I think this Big 12 conference is very, very even. I just have a hard time thinking Venables is going to come in here and rip and replace everything that happened. There is growing pains whenever new coaching staffs come in. It is very, very rare. Like, for example, Ryan Day was only successful at Ohio State because he was already a coordinator and just got promoted to head coach. You know what I mean? This is a new everything Oklahoma only has 47 percent of their returning offense from last year they do have a little bit more back on the defensive side all those turnovers though kind of makes me think that their defense was a little lucky at the same time though last year and just got you know timely picks and things like that I mean this team struggled with Tulane and teams like that like this was the worst Oklahoma team we'd probably seen in years last year and look I think they're going to be good I do have them playing the conference title game. I don't have them winning. I do have them winning that game against Baylor. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that they probably lose one or two games. I think that they probably lose one or two games in the conference. I wouldn't be shocked to see Nebraska beat them. Nebraska was, what was it, one in seven last year in one-score games. And now they don't have Adrian Martinez playing quarterback anymore, either the turnover machine. So, you know, I think that it's I – th- I think Oklahoma is going to be good. Don't get me wrong. They still have Marvin Mims back, but – I just don't think this Oklahoma team is going to be the typical Oklahoma that just rolls over everybody in the Big 12. No, I don't think uh, – I don't have them making my college football playoff. Um, I think Same. they lose two games. I think the Big 12 is going to be a bloodbath this year. My Same. thing is um, if you looked at a lot of Oklahoma's close games or issues last year, it was all from the quarterback. Spencer Rattler yeah. wasn't playing well at all. And even when Caleb Williams in, uh, came in, he had some flashes, and then he had some flashes of like, dude, what are you doing? So – um I think Dylan Gabriel is a much better quarterback than what Spencer Rattler showed at Oklahoma. I think Rattler can be just fine at South Carolina. I just think it didn't work at Oklahoma for him. So, you know, I, I'm not too worried. I, I love Dylan Gabriel. Obviously, part of the reason why I love him is because he is a lefty. You know, I love lefties. But, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, but you don't like James Harden for some the, reason. <laughs> I don't dislike James Harden. No, I'm messing with you. <laughs> I just don't like James Harden. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like Jeff Levy is – 
what he was able to do with Ole Miss's offense, he he took a, a good Ole Miss, Ole Miss offense to spectacular last year. He's I just think he's that good of an offensive minded guy. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still high on Oklahoma. I, I just don't think they roll over everyone, but I, I think they have a good chance to win this conference because they get that Baylor game at home. Sam, I'm saying everybody in the conference loses two games at least, and yeah. I think that Oklahoma is going to lose in the Big 12 championship. I'll get to who I think they're going to lose the championship game to. So I'm saying three losses on the season for the Sooners. Look, I think Gabriel, though, is a guy who could play himself into getting drafted high, and I think he could be a guy who's being slept on as being a big-time NFL talent. He's big. He's like six – He's like I think he's like 6'5", and he's a lot of arm talent. So, I mean, I think Gabriel's a guy who could really click in the NFL. Also, too um, – Shoot, who was it's the other? huge that it's it's huge that Marvin Mims stayed for him too. Oh yeah, no, that's absolutely massive. And the other thing too is uh Levy, the offensive coordinator, you know, he likes to run the ball a lot. So that is another thing too. I would look for this new Oklahoma team to run the ball a little bit more as well. But all in all, though, it should be a pretty solid campaign again for the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, let's keep things moving. Let's go to their uh, I mean, it is kind of weird to say that, that this is their rival without saying it's Texas, but let's talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma State, Ben, this team played in the conference championship last year. They had an opportunity almost to go to the college football playoff last year and couldn't win the conference championship game. Um, Oklahoma, I believe they're stopped on the goal line too. It was like a four-play goal line stand by Baylor's defense, kept yeah. them out of out of possibly going to the college football playoff. They returned 69% of their production on offense, 37% of that defense is back not to mention their defensive coordinator turned tail and headed out to Ohio State which is absolutely massive that he's not there his name leaves me at the moment but the first thing I want to say here about Oklahoma State is look if Ben does it not feel like we've been talking about Spencer Sanders being the quarterback here on this podcast for like 10 years now for a long time and you mentioned uh Adrian Martinez as a turnover machine well Spencer Sanders is Mr. Turnover himself I mean he he had 12 interceptions and some fumble problems last year yeah, here's the exact stat. Actually, I believe he has like th- he is so he has forty or thirty two career starts and forty turnovers. It feels like as a freshman, this was a guy that me and you would text each other back and forth about, or we would talk on podcasts. And be like, damn, Spencer Sanders, look out for him. Like he's gonna be that guy. And they just completely just like turn around. And you know, the thing that pissed me off about Oklahoma State last year was I remember the COVID year. We were both like, dang, Oklahoma State's gonna win this conference. Like I like that's who we're picking. And they just completely shit the bed. They lost to Tulsa week one. And then the following year, they turn around and almost go to the college football playoff. It makes no sense, but they don't have the guys that they have anymore out there catching passes. Um, Their top wide receiver, his name leaves me as well. He went to the NFL this last season, but they lost 300-plus starts on defense, 300-plus. And that defensive unit was really what run games for them. It was just kind of like they would run the ball. So I don't like Oklahoma State at all. I would not be shocked to see them really struggle and win like seven games. I mean, it is Sanders kind of last year, so it's time for him to put up or shut up. But, I mean, like we said, this guy's been a walking turnover. I don't see how anything else changes. They might try to sling the ball around a little bit more. That doesn't bode well for having Sanders in there. I think Oklahoma State wins like seven games probably this season. Yeah, so they lost everyone that started in their defensive secondary last year. Uh, that's tough to replace. But so you mentioned, yeah, so they lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio State, but they bring in Derek Mason, who is okay. a very, very good defensive-minded guy. He's been all over the SEC, it seems like. But, um, yeah, we already mentioned how great their defense is. You mentioned the turnover problems for Spencer Sanders, so I'm not going to touch on that anymore. This is just another year where the team relies solely on the offensive capabilities, and I don't know what they are. I don't know what their ceiling is. It really relies on Spencer Sanders. So, um, 
you and I haven't really trusted them in two years. That's what you mentioned. I don't know why I'm going to start now. Uh, they're road games. Kansas State, it's not easy. Baylor, not easy. And Oklahoma. So that that three L. That's yeah. So I have them finishing fourth, probably fifth in this conference. Um, I kind of have them in Kansas State. It's like a flip flop. Um, so yeah, I think it's gonna be tough. But I'll be damned if if uh, I love I love me some Mike Gundy. He is an <laughs> interesting guy. Oh, he's definitely an interesting guy. I actually have Kansas State finishing ahead of them, so why don't we go ahead and start about them? Chris Kleinman and company now um, are going to be gearing up for a big season in for Kansas State this year. Actually, Kansas State's uh, offensive coordinator now is Colin Klein. I don't know yeah. if people remember or not. He was their quarterback. They used to call him Kleinsman. Um, speaking of the turnover machine, Adrian Martinez is now going to be the starting quarterback for them. As Skylar Thompson, another guy who felt like he'd been there for a billion years, is finally done with college football. Um, they yeah. do have have arguably one of the best. I mean, I, when I see the see like the rankings for best running backs, you can basically flip flop. Um, Bijan Robinson and Deuce Vaughn, they're running back. Vaughn's yeah. a little different though than Bijan. Is Bijan's like your Adrian Peterson built running back? Uh, Deuce is more of your like trying to think what was the short uh, running back's name who played all those years in the NFL on the Saints and on like the Eagles. You know who I'm talking about? Um, Sproles. Yes, Darren Sproles running back. Yeah, that is the. I think Darren Sproles went to Kansas State too. Which I think he did. The comparison even better, but yeah, that's literally his his comparison is Darren Sproles, but. Um, Kansas State currently um, is not bringing back a lot of their production either as Kansas State is 59% of the offense coming back, 55% of the defense coming back. But I actually like this Kansas State team. They typically somehow seem to find the right two, three-star guys that they bring in and turn them into what they need. They've seemed to always do that. I think this defense will be pretty good as it has been in the past. It gets real windy. Where do they – they're in – are they in Lawrence, Manhattan. Kansas? Manhattan, Kansas. That's right. Yeah, in Manhattan. I feel like it always gets, like, windy and it's weird weather for them in that stadium. But they know how to play some defense regardless of what they have back. I think this defense will be nice. At the end of the day, this is going to come down if Adrian Martinez can take care of the football. If he can take care of the football, I mean, Adrian Martinez is not a bad player. He just turns it over way too much. Him and Deuce Vaughn will be a nasty attack on the ground. I think Colin Klein, a guy who kind of played quarterback minus the turnovers like Adrian Martinez, can, can lock his full potential. I have them coming in at fourth in this conference, and I mean, I could even hear arguments to say that they could come in second in the conference. You know, I really like this Kansas State team and what they have going on. Yeah, you pretty much said mostly everything I said. So Colin Klein, if people don't remember, he went to New York. Like he was a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Um, I think if he could kind of figure out the plays that worked for him in the past, I think Adrian Martinez can do a lot of them. He's a dual threat guy. So I think they could give some teams trouble with the with the kind of spread offense that I'm imagining he's bringing in or bringing back because that's what he ran uh, with Martinez and Deuce Vaughn. So I'll, I think that's interesting. Kansas State to me is going to be the team that's going to mess up someone's season in the Big 12. Yep. That's like they're going to give that team the second loss when you're like, okay, that team's no longer a college football playoff contender. Like that is how I view the Kansas State uh, Wildcats this year. So I, I'm really excited to watch them play. Um, yeah, I, I think they could be an interesting dog to bet on this year because I don't know if, how much they're going to get the respect, mm -hmm. but I think they can hang with every team in the big 12 this year. Yeah. I, no, think, I, like, I think they'll hang with like Baylor and Oklahoma, but I think the star power, like in the fourth quarter, third, fourth quarter, will just take over some games that Kansas state will lose. But I think they're going to cover some spreads for us. 
No, for sure. And also, too, Ben, I've noticed every single one of these Big 12 teams play some week out of conference schedules. Kansas State does play Missouri week two, but, I mean, I expect them to probably clean them up. That might be a decent spot, though, for us to catch them in uh, with some good value there and some with betting on them. But have you noticed that, too, Ben, that it feels like the whole conference is just playing cupcakes? I haven't uh, – I didn't go through everyone's schedule, but it's a bloodbath in conference. I, I will say that. Not that yeah. it isn't in the SEC and Big Ten, but yeah, or it's just yeah. kind of like everybody's equal in conference, so they're going to beat up on each other. I think that's the uh, common narrative here. Let's talk about the uh, the uh, last year's Big Twelve champions. That would be the Baylor Bears. Um, Baylor going on cupcakes. They opened the season playing, I think, Albany, and then after that, they play BYU <laughs> on the road, which is probably like the best besides Nebraska on the road for Oklahoma. That's probably the next best out of conference. So everybody's an easy schedule here. Um, ben, you want to talk about Baylor first here? Yeah, so they, they should have a really good defense once again. Um, obviously led by Dave Veranda. The problem for Baylor is they got to replace the two uh, main wide receivers and their star running back last year. The running back, I'm forgetting his name right now. Yeah, I can't remember his name um, last year. My Basically, I have Baylor finishing second. My only reasoning for not picking them to finish first is the schedule. So listen to this. They play road games at Oklahoma, at Texas, at West Virginia, and then you mentioned BYU. Not a single one of those games is easy. And BYU is not a place you want to play. Like, BYU's home record over the last couple of years is absurd. So, yep. I don't think it's easy. I like that Baylor's challenging themselves with a weird non-conference game like BYU. I think that's great for the sport. So, my only reasoning is that I, I don't think playing any of those road games is tough. I mean, it's easy. Sorry. All of those are tough to me. Yeah, um, so I actually have Baylor winning the conference at plus 600. That was the bet I said I was going to give away on here as well. Um, look, I actually love this Baylor roster. I know that they did lose a decent bit to the NFL last year. They pretty much lost their – not their entire defense, but a lot of the defenses. They only have 51% of the returning defense, 65% returning on offense. But Dave Aranda is that guy. I mean, we've seen what yeah. he's done here with this program. He took over when it was in shambles. He turned it around this quick. He almost, I mean, he won the conference championship last year. I mean, if think of anything, Dave Aranda is the guy to come out here and, you know, do it once again this year. Also, too, for y'all forget. And turn LS down jobs to stay. Exactly. He took a big-time extension. I mean, Baylor has that money now from winning the basketball national championship. They could build all the new facilities. They can pay players. Baylor, the, the Baylor has low key been a sneaky, like on the rise athletic program for like over like probably since like we were in high school, you know, like that's really when they've been on their big time rise. I mean, they've even had chances. I mean, RG3, like RG3 helped put them on the national map with him being a Heisman contender and all those like they had wide receivers out the. I mean, like didn't Corey Coleman go there? Um, something, yeah, I think something Corey Col Coleman did go there. Um, they had a couple was, of receivers. Yeah, the guy like, for the Browns, Corey did, Coleman, who busted in the NFL. Yeah, that was definitely. They had a him. couple of receivers who were really good at Baylor, though. Um, Denzel Mims, who's on the uh, on the uh, Jets now. Yeah, they definitely had some good wide receivers for sure. Um, yeah, there, it definitely sucks that Abraham Smith, that was the running back we couldn't think of, isn't coming back. But Blake yep. Shapin actually beat out Gary Bahannon from in camp already for the quarterback spot that caused Gary Bahannon to, to transfer out. I looked up where he transferred to earlier. Can't remember. It's not a bad program. Actually, no, it's South Florida, so it is a bad program. Just kidding. But, um, yeah, <laughs> Shapin is a 
good quarterback. And I really think, too, Jeff Grimes, their offensive coordinator, he's a guy who comes over from BYU with Zach Wilson in them. He said he really likes Shapin, and Shapin's the perfect quarterback. Look, I think Dave Aranda is going to have the best defense in the conference. I think this offense is going to be better than it was last year because, I mean, Bahannon was not good in offense. He turned the ball over a lot. I think that this is the team right here, guys. I really think Dave Aranda is that coach, and I think that just the fact that you know that Texas and Oklahoma aren't back yet that they can get them. I do agree with you, though. It is tough having to play both of them on the road. I think they're probably going to drop one of those games. I also have them losing at BYU. I think that they lose two games at, at least, and then they come in here and win the conference championship. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to play somebody twice in the conference championship game. So I think they lose at Oklahoma, and then I think they win at Texas. But regardless – I think Texas is probably going to lose three games, if not more than that, in conference. So who knows? There could there could be some kind of crazy log jam, but I just think Baylor is going to end up getting in there, and I think with th- with two to three losses, they're going to win this conference, and they're going to get no representatives in the college football playoff. Yeah, I don't I don't have this conference having a representative either. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's definitely is tough times. Um, speaking of tough times, Ben, let's go to the uh, home of the Cyhawk, the uh, Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State, <laughs> of course, they still have head coach Matt Campbell. Um, before we go off on Matt Campbell, real quick, I will say this: Brock Purdy and Brees Hall, who are probably the two best running back quarterback duo this this school had seen, both gone to the NFL. Um, defensive wise, they definitely do not have back the defense they used to have. Um, currently, Iowa State returns thirty seven percent of their offense, forty three percent of their defense. Then, before we get in the team, let's sound off real quick on Matt Campbell. How stupid was he for not taking a higher paying job after what he did there? And everyone values certain things differently. Um, I forget, like his I've, his main reasoning was like, his he started a family there. He likes the family atmosphere. It's not all about the money for him, um, mm-hmm. because you know they're paying him. He got an extension to stay. Everyone just values stuff differently. Um, he's also a coach that just did less with more talent. Yeah, but but his rise to fame was doing more with less talent. So. He's kind of going back to his old ways by losing Purdy and uh, running back. Uh, Hall. Hall. Thank you. And he also had Montgomery before that. So um, we'll see if he can kind of get back to his old ways, what kind of got him to the rise to fame. That's pretty much all I have on Iowa State. I have them finishing, um, I believe, seventh this year. I'm, I'm down on them this year. But like I said, I think it's a bloodbath. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I don't want to suspend here, sin, uh, sit here and spend too much time on them. I guess they do play a little stronger out of conference schedule than some of the other teams, just because they play against Iowa as always in the uh, in that rivalry game. But yeah, no, I think this will definitely be a down year for them. I think that all the coaches, like um, Dave Clawson, Wake Forest, too, the guys who didn't go get their money after overachieving with those fifth year guys who stuck around during COVID, all those guys definitely messed up. Um, uh, do you of- think Wake? We'll talk about Wake when we do the ACC, but they should be pretty good again. Yeah, no, they should definitely be solid since they aren't giving their uh, their recruits away anymore. Um, let's talk about the TCU Horn Frogs, though. TCU <laughs> the playbook, Frogs. I think it was. Yeah, their playbook. Let's talk about the TCU Horn Frogs, guys. TCU um, currently brings in Sonny Dykes now, who replaces the longtime head coach Gary Patterson. Um, Max Dugan, a quarterback that y'all have heard me hype up too many times on this podcast, comes back once again for another year. Not to mention that running back Zach Evans did transfer out, but Kendall Miller, his backup, or is – might be just as good. I mean, Zach Evans was a highly touted recruit, but Miller has some pretty nice stats as well. So 
I def- don't necessarily think that it's a huge loss losing him, but let's talk about this team. They bring back 82% of their offense, 82% of their defense. They're going to have a lot back for a team that was had a lot of problems last year. Ben, do you think Sonny Dykes can come in here and make this offense pop in a year one? So with, with his teams, they are usually more known for offense than defense, which is obviously opposite of Gary Patterson. Yeah. Um, so I think the answer here, the short answer to your question is yes. Now what's crazy is this is like the first time in, my life that TCU doesn't have Gary Patterson as coach. He's he was there for 18 years or 20 years. I don't know if you're looking it up. I see you typing, but I'll look it up right now. He was, I think he was like literally there for almost my entire life. I'm 24. I think he was there for 18 to 20 years. So it's a weird feeling, not gonna see the the visor with the the big gut on the sideline of Gary <laughs> Patterson running the four two five that he used to run or three three five, whatever. I forget which one he brought. I think four two five. So it's weird. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they're kind of in the Kansas State category for me. Um, I actually have them one spot below Iowa State. I think they're going to be a team that beats someone that they're not supposed to beat, and they mess up someone's schedule. It's, I kind of view them as the Kansas State, but I think Kansas State is just better. Um, but they're, they're talented. They're definitely talented. And yeah, I'm just excited. Like, Zach Evans was an interesting prospect out of high school. Like, he could have gone anywhere. He had so many issues, and then he – uh, was successful in college football last year, then goes to TCU. So um, I'm excited to watch him compete in the Big 12. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I think that this team's going to be able to throw the ball around the yard. I actually think Dugan has a lot of arm talent, and he's big too, and he's fast. Like, I really think if he can put it together, this team could kind of be kind of scary um, with Sonny Dykes too. I really, th- I really think that this team was probably going to go like 7-5, and five at the end of the day, but I think there's going to be a game, you know, where Oklahoma or Texas finds themselves in a shootout with them and is going to be like, oh, shit, here we – you know what I mean? I think they're going to creep up and beat somebody. So I think that them and Kansas State are the teams that are definitely going to beat somebody they don't have any business beating this year. Um, they, shoot, it could even be Baylor, my my conference champions. That could be the one they end up dropping. But, um, yeah, no, I think that the offense is going to be pretty good in here. The defense will definitely have some question marks as they did last year. Um, let's keep it moving, though, here, Ben. I know that we both – you didn't have much on Texas Tech. I didn't have much on West Virginia, so we'll do them too. Look, I'm sorry, Kansas. Your win total is at two and a half. I'm not going to sit here and waste my time breaking down a team that has two – that is <laughs> only has two and a half. I think Lance Leopold, though, is a good coach and will hopefully lead them to the promised land. It's just not happening this year. So Joey McGuire. Wire was named the head coach towards the end of the season last year. Actually stepped in and coached the bowl game. They bring in the offensive coordinator from from uh, Western Kentucky and Houston Baptist with Bailey Zappi, who was the most electrifying offensive throwing the ball around last year. I think Texas Tech is going to be able to throw the ball around the yard a lot and stockpile a lot of statistics. I do think like this is another one of those teams, you know, where you could blink your eyes and all of a sudden you're stuck in a high in a um, high stakes shootout with them and not be happy. There's is really is still a QB battle right now. So we don't know who's going to be the QB, but ultimately though, I think Texas tech's going to have a good offense. We'll see what happens defensively, but I think this team probably goes six and six. I got nothing to add on Texas tech. They're finishing second to last according to me. Okay. Don't hate that at all. Um, Ben, take us away on West Virginia, JT Daniels, new home. Yeah, uh, I got them finishing six, one spot above Iowa State and one spot below Kansas State. So, like you said, welcome JT Daniels, Morgantown. They got a new gunslinger, um, and they should rely heavily on them if I'm them. So, you and I were talking about it over text, but, like, West Virginia obviously hasn't had, like, big names at, at uh, the quarterback position. Obviously, yeah. if if you had to name one West Virginia quarterback, I would imagine you say Pat White. And then Will um, Greer. 
and Will Greer. Um, and then I don't think this I can is think probably of one. this is probably their biggest transfer name since Will Greer. Mm-hmm. Um, like they had Clint Trickett, who came from FSU, right? Yep. Um, but he wasn't like JT Daniels was like one of the best quarterbacks out of high school. So this is yeah. you know Will Greer was a huge name because he was like four and zero or five and zero in Florida before he I think he got suspended and then and then he left the school. So you know whatever. So like you know. This is a make or break year, probably for Neil Brown. People have kind of had his name on the hot seat as a coach this year. The good news for him and his offense is they have all five offensive linemen coming back. You know, I'm big on uh, continuity with the offensive line uh, protecting the quarterback. If you can't protect your quarterback, you're going to have no success in the sport of football. So I think that's huge. Remember the name Graham Harrell from Texas Tech? I do. And he and USC, right? And USC. So yeah. So. He, Graham Perils, their new offensive coordinator at West Virginia. Um, and just like I mentioned in Oklahoma with the new OC quarterback, these two are familiar with each other. Mm-hmm. He was at USC when, when um, JT Daniels showed up on campus. So, I, uh, you know, kind of looking for some overs from West Virginia this year with all five offensive linemen come back. Listen, we know JT can throw the football. Like, I know he didn't play at Georgia. It, it was what it was was but he showed nice flashes flashes at usc no for sure and i mean jt even showed some good flashes at georgia just as he kept getting hurt and couldn't stay on the field so stetson ended up taking his spot at the end of the day but no i think jt daniels though will definitely have some success here i could see west virginia easily going six and six at the end of the day there's going to be at least two teams here that don't end up going bowling um ben real quick before we get out of here who's your conference player of the year I mean, it's easy to say Bijan Robinson. Um, with me having Texas finished the conference, uh-huh. I don't, I don't know if that hurts him at all. I, I think the top three names. I think there's two from Texas. I think Bijan Robinson, the running back of Texas. I think Xavier Worthy, the wide receiver at Texas. Okay. And then I would go Dylan. And then I would go Dylan Gabriel, just because I have them winning the conference. He's the quarterback. So for the podcast, I will say Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel as well, just because at the end of the day, I did say that I thought Oklahoma would go to the Big 12 championship game, and I think Dylan Gabriel is that guy. So I think he's going to throw the ball around. I think Dylan Gabriel's actually going to end up being a late first-round pick in the NFL draft. Also forgot to sh- um, shout out Felix um, and Duque Uzama, the defensive, who's the projected to be the um, all-conference defense. He's supposed to be the defensive player of the year preseason. Forgot to shout him out as well. Ben, anything else before we get up out of here? See the can. Is he the Kansas State player? Yeah, he's a defensive tackle. Did he win? Did he win defensive player of the year last year? Or did he no, just lead he, the conference? No, he, he didn't. He's the, the, he's the preseason all-conference player of the year. Got it. I thought he – okay, I thought he – I was reading his name earlier, and I was like, I, I know that name. I thought he led the Big 12 in some categories last year, but I couldn't remember if he was the Big 12's defensive player of the year last year. But, uh, no, that's all I got. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think this conference is going to be a lot of fun. Um I think the shakeups are cool in this conference with Oklahoma getting a new coach, new offense quarter, new quarterback, Baylor returning, and Texas having so many changes is interesting. Yeah, no, I agree too. It should be a fun conference to watch play out. Um, that's all we got for today's podcast, though, guys. Ben, it's been a pleasure as always, and it's been a pleasure for everyone who tuned in and listened to us. We appreciate that, and we'll be back next week with more football previews. We'll talk to you all then.